My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast with the weekly horoscope for Monday, July 18th, 2022. So this week is relatively smoothing out and not as much major transitions happening this week, which is nice because next week Jupiter goes retrograde on Thursday. And that is a long transit. It happens every year, not a huge deal, but it is a big opportunity to go back to old lessons and learn from places that you've been learning and growing by going back to old teachings, old wisdom, old philosophies. I'll go into more detail about everything in just a moment. As always, you can get your free birth chart at quietmindastrology.com or you can also schedule a reading. But you'll want to know your chart as always to better understand how these things affect you personally. And I always like to focus on what you can do personally to work with these transits and share my own experience and insights I've gained from just observing what's happening in the world and people I'm working with without sharing personal information, of course. I never do that here. Uh, but this week, as Saturn has been retrograde now, Saturn went back to Capricorn, going back to unfinished business, back to things that started way back at the beginning of 2020, and we're even seeing that, of course, in the news globally, things like the pandemic coming back into the news and new variants, of course. It's going back to those unfinished things and unresolved issues of early 2020 are now coming back into the forefront for all of us. So going back to the disciplines that worked for you, the habits, the practices, the routines, the structures in your life are going to be very stabilizing and grounding. And hopefully for you, this week feels a bit more grounding and stabilizing as there's not a lot of big transit energy happening this week. And I will talk about each of the transits and what you can do with them, starting with today, Monday, July 18th at 2.11 a.m. Central. Mercury moved into Pushya Nakshatra in the sign of Cancer, as I talked about in the monthly horoscope. You definitely want to check that out as well. For the big overview but here we talk about the nakshatras the smaller divisions of the skies that affect you on a more uh, nuanced subtle level so being in pushya with mercury it's about what are you protecting in your business what is important to take care of and nurture in your work now you might be an employee somewhere you might have your own projects your own expression and this could be actual creative projects and work that you're doing in the world and nurturing those relationships, nurturing the communication that you have with the people you work with, and getting more into the uh, feeling of the business, the feeling of the work that you're doing. And does it feel in alignment? Does it feel inspiring, supportive, nurturing? And if it doesn't, make adjustments. Also today, Venus moves into Ardra Nakshatra at 12.09 p.m. Central. And of course, Venus is in the sign of Gemini, which is about our relationships and Venus representing love, beauty, relationships, harmony in Gemini being dynamic, being open-minded, exploring different possibilities. So there's room in your relationship to talk about what dynamics are working or not working in the relationship, whether you're single or partnered, to clarify what kind of dynamics you want to be having and possibly exploring being open-minded to different ways of navigating challenges or problems that you've had in the relationship. Ardra is represented by a teardrop and can represent us going through major challenges to get to the other side into the next nakshatra which is about 
Kunar Basu uh, next Friday, Venus will get there. It's the return of the light and sort of the light after the darkness. So over this week, any unresolved issues, unfinished business in your relationships is important to address now. You don't have to. You can just wait and let the things cycle and repeat. And we go through these cycles and uh, these patterns are repeated until we learn our life lessons. And sometimes we need many repetitions to do that. Sometimes we get it right away. There's no judgment about it, but just to be aware as this energy is present, if there is something unresolved, something that needs to be addressed, conversation, to find some more open-minded spaciousness around it now with Venus and Gemini, but being an ardra of going through the difficulty, the challenges, and maybe some sense of breakthrough or breakdown or at worst, a break up, but if that is actually in service to everybody involved, then that is for the best. Uh, but overall, it's not a super negative transit, so wouldn't worry about it too much, but that is a potential outcome here. Uh, Venus is, of course, debilitated in Virgo, which is also ruled uh, by the planet of Mercury. So there's a mercurial energy with Venus here that is not where Venus is at its best, uh, because relationships ideally have more stability, more security, more long-term connection, and Gemini is much more a childlike, innocent, playfulness kind of energy, which may be present in your relationship right now as well. Uh, but it's an opportunity to kind of go into that playfulness and playfully resolve conflicts you have. Uh, I like to study the work of John Gottman, who's got some of the best research on relationships and some of the most scientific research on relationships. And he's, he's shown that the couples that stay together the longest and work through the most challenges have a sense of playfulness about their most difficult conversations and difficult areas of their relationship. And in fact, many of them have had multiple decade relationships have unresolvable issues, like things that are just, no matter how many times they talk about it, they don't really get anywhere, but they have a sense of humor about it and they have a sense of playfulness about it. So that's one of the opportunities of Venus and Ardra this week and in Gemini to find a sense of playfulness and ease around your challenges and relationships. On Tuesday, July 19th, Sun moves into Pushya Nakshatra. Sun, our authority, our vitality, our power, our leadership ability in the Nakshatra of Pushya, just like Mercury is. Sun and Mercury are always moving very close together, of course, in the sign of Cancer. And the sun being here is, again, finding your vitality and power through nurturing. And it may be a great time for you to do something more nurturing for yourself, less yang in nature, more yin in nature, like yin yoga or restorative yoga or meditation practices. And of course, if you're looking for actual practices to do to integrate all these teachings of Jyotish I share here, I also teach yoga. I've taught yoga for 11 years now and over at quietmind.yoga is my yoga membership site where all month it's Jyotish July. So you can do practices for all of the planets to integrate these teachings, including yin practices. And whether you practice with me or not, doing some sort of yin, restorative, nurturing, healing kind of practices this week can be very favorable for you all the way from this week through August 2nd while sun is in Pushya Nakshatra. So things that nourish you so you feel recharged, just like we've got to plug in our devices, our phones, our computers to recharge them regularly. We need to do that for ourselves, and sometimes it's easier said than done. 
So yin yoga is a great way to do that, even for just a few minutes, even just taking some deep breaths for a few minutes, taking a bath, getting a massage. These kind of self-care practices can be really nourishing and vitalizing and re-energizing right now. Then on Sunday, July 24th, Mercury moves into Ashlesha Nakshatra. So we'll talk more about that next week because that's towards the end of the day. But we'll kind of get into that Mercury energy more next week as Jupiter is going to go retrograde. So that's the big thing happening next week. But uh, Mercury is kind of starting that off. So we'll talk about that next Monday on the podcast. And this week coming up, I will be talking about the Vedic Astrology 101 course. So if you're hearing me talk about these things and wanting to know how you can interpret these things for yourself and really apply it to your life, that's where I go into the essentials of planets, signs, nakshatras, houses, and getting the big overview of everything in the 101 course leading up to the mentorship that'll be opening on 818 next month. So the mentorship is the certification program where I go into everything, how to read charts on the spot, how to give great readings and learn astrology in depth. So you know, all the way from the source text to the modern day interpretations with over 2000 example charts that you learn from and work with throughout the training. So by the end of it, you know what you're doing, you know your stuff, even in just a four month container. It's a lifelong study. You can't learn it all in four months, but you can learn the essentials and be on a trajectory to really apply this to your life to improve health, wealth, relationships, and purpose, which is always what I'm here to share based on the four aims of life from the old Vedic teachings over 2000 years ago. So I like to be rooted in the ancient teachings, informed by like the modern science, neuroscience and biology and things like that, that we're learning about ourselves that totally validate these ancient texts, which is always really cool. And then we apply that to ourselves and to the people around us. And then potentially if you want to give readings, you can do that as well. I've had many students go through the program and become astrologers themselves and give incredibly accurate readings. So I'll be sharing examples of that leading up to the mentorship next month. If it's something you're thinking about, you can join the waitlist over at quietmindastrology.com slash mentorship. I'll have the link in the show notes for that as well. But as we go into Jupiter retrograde next week, I want to leave you with this of this time this week before we go into that is a great time to be going back over things. Saturn just went retrograde to Capricorn. It's been going retrograde through Aquarius. Now it's back in Capricorn. Unfinished business, reviewing your structures, reviewing the systems and processes you have in place in your life. Are they working? Do you have good boundaries or poor boundaries? Do you need to change something? your sleep, your exercise. We always come back to the essentials here on this podcast from Ayurveda and Vedic astrology and yoga, these ancient texts which so hold up so incredibly well to what modern science shows that we all need to get some sort of regular sleep. It's a little different for everyone. We all need exposure to sunlight that creates a vitamin D synthesis in our bodies, which is like the conductor of the symphony of our cells. So vitamin D deficiency is common in almost all diseases. So we need that. We need sunlight. We need water, of course, uh, to hydrate, and that's very important. So about uh, half your body weight in ounces is the general recommendation. And then eating in a way that is closer to nature, so less processed. And no matter what diet you might have followed or what diets are out there, they all pretty much agree on less processed foods, more natural foods. I don't know of any real health diet out there that says to eat more processed foods uh, that is sustainable. So that's one thing you can all agree on, whether you're vegetarian or omnivore or whatever. Uh, so taking care of the basics with Saturn and retrograde to Capricorn, going back to the basics is very important. 
through this week, going back to your old systems, your files, your organization methods, anything that you've got like unfinished, open projects, uh, some note you started, some book you wanted to read, anything unfinished like that, open loops, something you needed to return from Amazon or whatever it is, some old bill to handle, this is the time to do that. And then next week, Jupiter goes retrograde. So it's more about your wisdom, the teachings that you've learned, going back to the lessons you've learned, going back to old wisdom traditions like astrology or yoga or things I don't teach like Tai Chi or Qigong or TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, or other modalities that are rooted in an ancient tradition, the Christian contemplative tradition, right? There's a lot of things I don't know about that I'm not as well-versed and experienced in, but you might have that in your history and your experience that you found that very helpful. And I fully encourage you to go back to that. Now, if you want to learn astrology, of course, I offer the mentorship. I'll be sharing a lot more about that in the next couple of weeks. And it's just right around the corner when it opens up. It's a really cool program, and I'm excited to share that. Uh, but if that's something that resonates, we'll be going into that. That's a great use of this kind of energy, going back to ancient teachings and learning from them and learning from a traditional way of a lineage that's been passed down from generation to generation of Vedic astrology, which is part of why it's so accurate, because it was passed down from teacher to student, and they could observe these patterns like the procession of the equinoxes, which takes a long time to really observe that from old technology and methodologies, that the only way, as far as I understand from what I've heard of the history, one of the main reasons they were able to do that is because there's lineage from teacher to student to teacher to student for generations to say, oh, wait a minute, their calculation is a little bit off now. There's something happening here. And then you could see that every 72 years, the zodiac shifts back one degree. So over a few generations, you see there's a movement happening. And the ancient Vedic astrologers could calculate that and see the procession of the equinoxes before modern astronomy could hundreds of years later. So this is why Vedic astrology uses what's called the sidereal zodiac, which is accurate. And Western astrology uses the tropical zodiac, which is more based on the seasons and does not factor in the procession of the equinoxes or the wobble of the earth, which astronomy does, but Western astrology does not. So this is part of why Vedic astrology is so incredibly accurate. Now, if you come from Western astrology like I did, that is a tough pill to swallow and a little bit uh, of an identity crisis that can happen when you start learning that stuff. But I'll be uh, sharing more about that at the 101 course if you're interested in learning about that transition and understanding that and how to start to interpret signs, planets, houses, and all that. So that's coming up next week, going back into the tradition of Vedic astrology. And as always, if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow me on Instagram, on YouTube, leave a review or rating or comment or whatever platform you're on. Share this with a friend and get your free birth chart if you haven't already, quietmindastrology.com. And right now, this week, you can sign up for the waitlist today. Uh, in a couple of days, it'll be open for enrollment for Vedic Astrology 101. So I have more podcasts on that over the week ahead. That's at quietmindastrology.com slash 101. So all those links are in the show notes. And as always, thank you for listening. Hope you have a great week and look forward to sharing more with you next time on the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast.